You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh all week long. Those balls have gotten you into trouble, though. Oh, you? Yeah. They picked us because we're horny. Yeah. Right. And that's your chronic state. 24-7. <laughs> My life has changed so much that it's almost like a completely different life. From the latest news on The Real Housewives. I'm so happy to be here and engage with you. Deep dives into celebrity legal scandals and unfiltered convos with your favorite stars. I've got you covered. And yes, I always keep receipts. Welcome on in. Welcome on in. Welcome on in, guys. I am live from Chicago on this Friday morning. Um, I'm in Chicago for BlockCon with New Kids on the Block and KOTB. I'm going to be seeing Donnie, Jordan, Danny, Joey, and John in just a little bit for our rehearsals for this weekend. But... Um, yeah, I'm in Chicago for the next week and a half, so I'm missing little baby Sky, but I'm recording live from my hotel room right now, so this isn't our normal background, this isn't our normal setting, but we're working with it, right? Hopefully you guys had a good a good week, hopefully you've watched the Vanderpump Rules reunion by now, hopefully you've watched um, Ariana on Call Her Daddy, it's been quite an eventful Pump Rules week that we're going to break down today, so... Um, what other updates should I, should I keep you posted on? I, I'm going to be here, so I'll be taping live from here. So our live schedule may be a little wonky. I'm trying to make sure we have at least another, a good solid Wi-Fi connection. Um, but we'll, we'll work through it. But shall we dive into this week's Pump Rolls reunion? Because my God, was it juicy. There was so much that was going on. Um, I need an extra little sip of my coffee. It was kind of hot, so I haven't. Son of a bitch, that's hot. Okay. Apologies, apologies, apologies. Um, okay, so we open up the reunion, and we have the solo interviews with Andy, Ariana, and Raquel. We don't really see much for Raquel, and we kind of just, like, touch the surface with Ariana and Tom about, like, how the scandal broke, how they found out, right? Tom looks super casual, which I was like, this is your moment of redemption. We're going to look casual. Like, we're going to try to go, like, what, you won't be able to convince that Ariana was beating you, and so we're just going to go super cash. Ariana's dress wasn't my favorite. She did look hot. Hair and makeup looked incredible. The dress, I it's always really hard to pull off, like, the nude fabric um, because it just looks like nude fabric. So it wasn't my favorite look on her, especially, like, in that lighting and in that setting, but she did look incredible. I will say that. Raquel looked like she was going on a job interview. I don't, we don't see much of her. We kind of just like see her sit down and be like, hi, Andy. And then it teases like that she's going to be coming out later into the reunion, which fine, whatever. I kind of feel like we're wrapping up Raquel's storyline, right? Like I don't see how we bring her back for next season, especially since like we've really reduced her in this reunion. Well, last season's reunion, we kind of like showed her driving off into the distance with her dad. So it was a little shocking that she came back for the following season, probably not with a full-time contract, probably with like a Charlie contract. And then it's like, okay, well, let's see. Do we phase you out? Do we kind of keep you in? Poor Charlie kind of just gets jerked around. I'm not a big Charlie fan, but I think they jerk her around. When it comes to Raquel, though, it does kind of feel like she's really cemented her place outside of the group. Like, I don't know anybody that would be willing to talk to her outside of Schwartz and Sandoval. And I feel like even Schwartz and Sandoval are kind of on the rocks with the group. So that's going to take a minute for them to repair things. And now they're not even together. 
So Tom's denied dating that one girl, Carly. He says that he's single. We really don't know what's going on with Raquel. Ariana denies that the pregnancy rumor, she doesn't think that the pregnancy rumors are true. And Raquel's rep has come out and denied that Raquel is even pregnant. But back to the reunion. So we see the text that Ariana sent to Raquel after she apologized, which was 48 hours after Ariana found out about the affair that Tom and Raquel were having. And it was basically like an uh, Adriana from Real Houses in Miami, my bad sort of text message, which to me was a little insulting. It's like, how do you, well, actually, what, let's pull up the damn text message. Because I remember when Raquel did her TMZ interview, right? And she was like, I reached out to Ariana and I tried to apologize to her and we've spoken and, um, you know, it wasn't well received. And then now we get further context and details that when they spoke, it was the night that Ariana found out and she got on the phone with her and they were going back and forth. And Sheena was involved and Sandoval was involved and everybody was yelling and it was big hot chaos, right? That was, I talked to Ariana. So spin that we told TMC because she didn't really talk to Ariana. Ariana approached her and then like she was Bambi eyed and like caught in a corner and didn't know what to say. Then we get to the text message where she's like, yeah, I text her and I apologize. And it wasn't very well received. Well, it wasn't very well received because it was a very stupid text message that she sent her. Here, let's read it. I'm watching that. I have the TMZ interview pulled up because she's like, I apologize to her. And I don't I'm not going to tell you what she said back because it wasn't very nice. And so the text message was, Ariana, I don't know what to say right now besides I really fucked up and I'm so, so sorry. And then Ariana said, shut the F up, you effing rat. I don't know why we keep calling her a rat. Because um, rats sleep with the fishes and like rats rat on people. But I don't hate it. I, don't, I think that was a stupid text message to send. I'm so, so sorry. I fucked up. No, you need to like grovel. You need to beg for mercy you need to really talk about how bad this was and how horrible you are and you didn't mean to hurt them and I don't know something other like you need to like really get on your knees and like beg for forgiveness my bad is not the way to go so Ariana calling her a rat sure call her a rat I would call her other names too but Ariana says that she had zero suspicion that anything was going on because she trusted her man. She's like, so when he tells me he's going to be somewhere, I gave him the benefit of the doubt of trusting him because we've been in a long-term relationship. Now, I know some people are going to be like, "Mm, well, you know, she knew that Tom was a cheater because, you know, he lied about not being with Kristen when he was making out with her. And then we have Miami Girl. And so Tom wasn't the most trustworthy. But it's like, I guess that's a question for all the ladies in the audience out there right now. I mean, do you, if your man has shown little snippets of maybe not being the most faithful, but you've been together and you're committed, like being in that situation, the situation that she's in, do you believe him? Do you give him the benefit of the doubt? She's like, I trusted him. He was my man and I trusted him. Tom says that the affair was on pause after the first break, or sorry, after the first hookup on boys night, or I guess it was it's unclear. Okay, so the timeline keeps getting mixed up because people are, it was originally they were saying that it happened the night of boys' night and then no, it didn't happen the night of boys' night. They connected the night of boys' night and then the hookup happened in a hot tub a couple days later. Um, so the timeline is still murky because I feel like Tom's story and Schwartz's story and I guess Raquel's story, we haven't really heard what her story is, but it keeps changing and it keeps shifting, which to me, I, I can't keep up with it. But 
apparently after the initial hookup, there was a break, it was paused, and then it picked back up again in September. So if that's true, timeline-wise, it, w- it was barely a month. So oops, we hooked up, and then a month later, we didn't feel as bad, and we decided to keep up the affair. Got it. Cool. Thanks for the clarification. Tom said that he felt like Ariana's gay BFF, but that uh, they hid their relationship from the rest of the cast and from the cameras because they were trying to protect each other or protect their relationship. I don't really know what he means by gay BFF. Is it because he like likes to wear nail polish and suck dick? Like I'm a little confused as to what her gay BFF actually means because she already had a gay BFF. Doesn't she have Logan? So why would she need Sandoval? And why would she be fucking her gay BFF? Why would you want to screw her if you're just her gay BFF? I don't know. Weird comment to make. Um, yeah, I don't get it, but whatever. Ariana says that she showed everything, but that Tom says that they hid their lives, which is interesting because that's a juxtaposition, and there's even this audio clip that they play about Tom saying that it's not fair to the rest of the cast, that they're hiding things. But Ariana's like, from my perspective, I always shared everything. I always put everything out there. There wasn't anything that I was trying to, to hide. But she thinks that Tom has to say this now because he has to cover his tracks. So they have very different versions of their relationship, which says that their relationship is on very different terms. Then we finally get to the cast. We see them all walk out. Um, it's interesting to see them face each other for the first time. We see... Uh, Andy asks Ariana about the living situation and about Tom Sandoval still being in the house. Lala compares him to Randall. Uh, Lisa defends Sandoval. I'm like, she needs to stop defending him. Like, uh, Lisa, like, I get it when they, I don't know. I feel like she's always defended them. So this is very true to Lisa and her loyalty to the cast and to all of them for the most part. But I don't know. I mean, I guess Lisa does have a point because Lala is saying that Sandoval and Randall are the same are two very different things. Because if you watch the Randall documentary, which we recapped on the podcast, we did a live on Tuesday night on YouTube and then recapped it on the podcast on Wednesday. If you watch that, my takeaways from the Randall Scandal documentary are that he was a jerk. He was just like a jerk of a producer in Hollywood. He was not nice to his assistants. He you know, spoke to them very poorly, uh, liked to spend more than he was bringing in, which is a lot of people. Uh, you know, being abusive towards your assistant and speaking to them poorly. Unfortunately, that's just a standard here in LA. Um, I'm not defending. I'm not saying that it's right, but it's not a unique story is I guess what I'm trying to say. Um, From what I know, Tom doesn't talk to his assistants like that. I mean, they buy him pens. They make sure that his house is fully stocked with paper towels and toilet paper and batteries i mean what would he do without the batteries what would he do without them he would have no batteries there'd be no batteries for the remote so i don't see tom as abusive towards the people that work for him the same way i saw randall as abusive towards the people that work for him spending beyond your means i don't think sandoval spends beyond well i mean i guess we saw him with schwartz and sandys but i guess it's comparison to like the way that they can lie and I guess that's what Lala's meaning is like the way that they're so deceptive and the way that they can lie to you because she even tells Lisa, she's like the way he slept next to Ariana in their bed, knowing that he was having a full on affair like that is sick and twisted. And that is a dangerous person. Yes and no. I mean, I guess somebody that's capable of that level of deception and that level of betrayal, yes, can be dangerous. But I think that is a big blanket statement. Um 
that doesn't fully hit. And I do love Lala. But also we have to find out like what is it about Randall that made him so dangerous? Aside from being a jerk, aside from being gross, aside from being misogynistic and using inappropriate slurs, you know, aside from just being a nasty person, like what made him so dangerous? Like we've heard about the Amber Childers restraining order. We've heard about the FBI investigation, which has been denied. So I don't, I'm not denying Lala's account. I'm just saying we have yet to see what makes Randall so dangerous. We see that like, you know, the Bruce Willis stuff was sad when we watched the documentary and we see that he was really pushing Bruce Willis to um, act when he was clearly not, you know, he wasn't all there. His his memory was going. His brain was deteriorating, which is unfortunate. His cognitive function was starting to decline. So, again, it makes Randall a jerk and a bad dude. But I am very curious because Lala seems to allude to there are a lot worse things that Randall has done or said. So... And I, but also curious about how that relates to Sandoval and what we know about Sandoval cheating on his girlfriend. He's a serial cheater. He's a young dude. He has Peter Pan syndrome. You know, he, he doesn't know when to grow up. He's still making the same mistakes he was making 20 years ago. So in that sense, I don't know if the comparison between Tom and Randall fully landed for me. James is pissed because it looks like he feels hurt and betrayed by Tom, who was, in James's eyes, a very good friend's, friend of his. Tom seems very dismissive of their friendship, and it's like, you've had the same haircut for nine years, which I don't know what that has to do with anything. But, and then we get the, you're a worm with the mustache, and James freaking out, and then Sandoval being like, I'll beat you up. And so they, like, exchange words, and Andy loses all his cards. That was, listen, I think James is great. I think James shined in this reunion because he really delivered some solid funny lines. He, um, he put, he held Sandoval accountable. Some people are either, like, anti Lala and James and they're like we don't like Lala and James they went too hard they're giving Sandoval more fans and then other people are like yes rallying for Lala and James I think I'm in the yes rallying for Lala and James category I understand the hypocrisy in their actions but I just think the the depth and the level of betrayal that Sandoval exhibited in what he did with Raquel was a lot deeper and a lot worse and a lot more insidious compared to the others so I think they have a sense of entitlement because, yes, they've made those mistakes and they've been crucified for them repeatedly. And now we have Sandoval, who's always been the morally superior one. And now he's in the hot seat and it's time for him to get grilled. And, yeah, they're going to come hard at him because he was acting like he was such an upstanding citizen and such a great dude. Right. So I get where they're coming from. Um. Then we get to Schwartz, and Schwartz says that Tom told him about the affair in August, and then Sandy Balls is, is all like, what? I didn't I didn't tell you until January. I don't know what you're talking about, which I believe is a lie. I think Schwartz did find out in August, shortly after the affair, and Sandoval just was trying to keep his timeline straight because he didn't want to make it seem as bad, but now it makes it look him, it makes him look even worse because then they flash back to his interview with Andy where he says he told Schwartz in January. And that was like the original stories that Schwartz didn't find out until January. And everybody was like, mm, we have questions. Uh, he says that pushing Raquel and Schwartz was not a decoy, that he was trying to end things with Raquel. And he was kind of like, go, Raquel. And I guess that was kind of like a cock block for him, which I feel like he's also denied. So his story just keeps changing and evolving, and I can't keep up with it. Sandy Balls. Ariana admits to knowing about Miami Girl, but she says that they technically weren't exclusive at that point, that they were dating and that they were together when he slept with Miami Girl. 
which makes me think, is this true? Were they really non-exclusive? Or was that just something Sandoval used to defend himself to be like, oh, well, Ariana, like, remember, we're not exclusive. So I did sleep with everybody else, but like, oh, Ariana, he has his Napoleon Dynamite voice. Like, come on, dude. Like, you know, we weren't like technically together, you know? Like, God, you know, I think you're so cool and you're so rad. And like, I just think you're so fucking sexy. And like, you know, we have like wild hot sex and we chill and we have mushrooms. But like, come on. You know we weren't exclusive at that point. But, like, if I could choose, if you told me that we were exclusive, I would have never banged that Miami chick. She doesn't even mean anything to me. I don't even like her. I don't even like Miami chicks. I don't even like Miami. I like you, dude. You're, like, so fucking cool. And, like, Kristen, like, why would I ever want to be with Kristen? She's banging James. God. And so I can see how he maybe manipulated her or like put his little spin on it to convince her that they technically weren't exclusive and him being like, well, we technically didn't have a conversation about being exclusive. Even though I led you to believe that we were exclusive, we weren't technically exclusive. So then in her mind, she's like, okay, well then it makes sense why he slept with Miami girl because we weren't technically exclusive, but now we can be technically exclusive. Right. And so I guess from that point forward, they were technically exclusive, but she said that she defended him because she wanted to see the best in him and she didn't want him to be exposed as this cheater when that's not how she saw him and that's not what was reflective of the person that she knew. Andy then does call out the hypocrisy between the cast and Lala chimes in and she clarifies that none of them hooked up with their best friend's man, which is true. The I mean, Kristen did, but... I just, I think the situation, like, yes, they've all done bad things, and yes, there's all been cheating, but again, I just feel like the level and the depth of this scandal is way bigger and cuts way deeper. We get into the friend Joe, who Schwartz explains was more like a friend with benefits rather than a full-on girlfriend, and then Katie calls Joe a creep, and then Schwartz, you know, goes all bravo, bravo, bravo. He threatens to send a cease and desist if she doesn't stop talking about Joe, who Katie does not like Joe. And apparently Joe cut off Kristen Doty and blocked Kristen Doty when she started dating Schwartz or like sleeping with Schwartz because they're friends with benefits. Weird. Then we find out about this trip to Big Bear, which Joe, Schwartz, Tom, and Raquel all went on without Ariana, which they insist was not a double date. And Ariana's like, well, why wasn't I invited? And they're like, you just went around, man. God, you were just like grieving. Like your grandma just died and like Charlotte just died. Like I wanted to give you space. So we figured I'd give you some time alone while I was banging Raquel. And then James reveals that Raquel hates snowboarding. So why was she even there? Because she loved riding Sandy's dick more than she wanted to ride the snowboard. Lisa reveals that she gave them back their initial interest in TomTom so that they had money for Schwartz and Sandy's when Schwartz and Sandy's first opened. And that they got their money back, but then she's like, but they're still my partners. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, break up with them. They're my partners. So that, to me, was kind of strange that they're technically still her partners, but at the same time, she gave them their money back. Wouldn't that be like buying them out? And then they only they said it was only 50000 50, and she was like, yeah, 50000 each. So that's unclear. It's unclear. It wasn't entirely mapped out of whether or not they're still partners in TomTom, or if they took out their money, like, I didn't know, like, was it a loan? It sounded from me when she pitched it to them on the show that she was buying them out of the restaurant and was like, I will give you your money back. You give me your 5%, and then you guys go run Schwartz and Sandy's. 
So I'm still confused as to how she's technically still partners with them because she said that she was still partners with them. And then we have Ariana. And Ariana's like, I don't know how I feel about that. That's weird. You being friends with with the Toms. But you know what's best for you. You know what's best for your business. I'm not going to tell you what to do. We just won't be as close, Lisa. And Lisa's like, okay, well, I don't need to be as close to you. I just need you to film Vanderpump Rules, darling. And then we finally get to see Sheena speak. And she talks about making up with Lala. And that she feel, she says she feels awful about negating Katie's feelings regarding Raquel and Schwartz. But it was only because she was going off of what Raquel was telling her about Katie and how Katie was being mean to her. And Ariana and Sheena seemed to agree that, like, Raquel was painting a very different picture. And then Sheena's like, in retrospect, I feel awful. I wish I didn't encourage that. I was, I believed Raquel. And I, I thought that this was, like, back in the day where it felt like you were bullying me. And I thought that that's what was going on is it was another mean girl situation. But then Sandoval chimes in about how aggressive Lala is. And then Lisa chimes in defending Sandoval yet again. And then she's like, I'm not defending him. But Tom's like, she's being reasonable, Lala. She's being reasonable. It's like, yeah, you think she's being reasonable because she's defending you. And Lisa is defending him. And listen, I get it. She's defending him because everybody else is on him and she feels bad for him. But I don't know. Like, I get her defending him, but I don't get it at the same time. And that's kind of where we leave off. And then we preview next week. Next week is when I think we get into the restraining order stuff with Sheena. So there's going to be a lot more Sheena in part two. And then next week, I believe, is when we introduce Raquel. And I think it's going to be left on a to-be-continued. I'm pretty sure part two we're gonna have a lot of Sheena through most of it and then towards the end of part two I'm predicting that we have Raquel come out and then she comes out and sits down and she's like hi Andy and then it's gonna be like a to be continued until part three and Raquel's really gonna be the, the prominent focus of part three but I think in part two that's where we're gonna get Raquel's one-on-one with Andy or at least a little bit more of it but I think the second tier the second half of the reunion is really where we're gonna get more of Raquel so um, Peacock released re- sorry, Peacock released an extended version of the reunion and an uncensored version of the reunion, which I thought was really good. And I was very happy with the Peacock version more than I was with the Bravo version. So I would recommend people, I mean, watch both because you get to watch it live and then you get to watch more juicy details. But the Peacock version was a full hour where, so I guess we get what, like 10 to 15 minutes ish of additional footage. And it's really just more context. The Kristen stuff comes up and about how Tom said the exact same things to Ariana and Kristen back in the day that he was saying to Raquel and Ariana now. His story, like they played uh, clips from back then compared to what he's saying clips now. And that I think was really telling. And it shows that like this is just a pattern of his and that, you know, it's hard to believe him when he was legitimately saying the exact same things. So that I thought was interesting because we get more context into the Kristen stuff. Uh, We get raw cast reactions from uh, Katie and Tom's divorce. They get more into that. So we see more of their split and it's less scandal. It's less scandal because we get more of their divorce. Sheena reveals that Tom told Raquel at Coachella that he and Ariana were in an open relationship. Tom Sandoval is denying that, but apparently that's what Raquel is saying, is that she was told that they were in an open relationship when they were at Coachella, which was last year, which was technically before the affair was supposed to have started, because Coachella was, what, April of 2022? And then the affair technically didn't start until August, or the hookup happened in August and then the affair started in September so maybe Raquel thought that it would be okay well I don't know but then at some point you learned that they're not in an open relationship and then 
Like, how do you keep going? How do you film that finale and then keep, and then go to Big Bear? Like, it was just, they filmed the, the finale, at the something about her sandwich tasting, and then she still went on a trip, a double date trip with Joe and Schwartz to Big Bear for the weekend to go snowboarding when she doesn't like to snowboard. It's just wild. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was it was a good extended version. I like that the cuts hit a lot deeper because it's uncensored. So you also get to really hear them curse and drop the F-bombs. And so when they're throwing those, you know, those hits at each other, I feel like they cut a lot deeper because you can actually hear them uncensored. So I enjoy, I think Bravo needs to always do an extended uncensored version of the reunions because I think it's good. If you haven't watched the extended uncensored version, I highly recommend that you should because it was good. It was good, 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 good. Okay. Um, Okay. Just wanted to remind you guys while we're on the topic of the reunion and Lala's a hot topic. She's going to be with me at the Bourbon Room in Hollywood on June 15th for my 30th birthday. Tickets are selling fast. We literally only have a very select, I think we only have nine ultra VIP tickets left for that show. And then just a handful of um, GA tickets. And then we have live stream tickets. So if you're not in Los Angeles, but you do want to watch the show online, you can definitely uh, get a live stream ticket. They're only $4.99. It's brought to you by my pals at Chomps. You know I love Chomps. They're my favorite protein sticks. So shout out to Chomps. Always go to Chomps.com to check them out and order. But they are hooking up the live stream for everybody that is international or just not local to LA. So you can get your tickets at NoFilterLive.com. I'm also going to be doing a New York show with the Brav Bros in NYC at City Winery on July 26th. So don't forget to get your tickets to that as well. So NoFilterLive.com. But the Bourbon Room show is going to be fun. It's my 30th birthday, so we're going to have a blast. I'm going to have Lala Kent there. We have a lot of other special guests that are coming out. So stay tuned. Get ready. It's going to be a fun time. Now, I do want to get into, if you haven't seen it yet, the Call Her Daddy interview that Ariana did with Alex Cooper. That was good. I recommend checking that out because she gives a lot more details that it doesn't seem like we got from the reunion. So I and you just you get a lot more of her side and her version of things in comparison to Tom Sandoval, who's saying their relationship was bad. They weren't having sex, like all these things. Right. So definitely check out Call Her Daddy. But I'm going to recap the biggest and juiciest parts for you. So here we go. All right. So Ariana Maddox just appeared on Alex Cooper's Call Her Daddy podcast on Spotify. If you have not tuned into it, get ready because you're in for a sure treat. There is quite a lot of tea that she is spilling and we are going to recap all of that today ahead of the part one of the Vanderpump Rules reunion which I will be recapping later all right are you ready I mean listen Ariana's doing her thing right she's getting those sponsor deals she's getting that SoFi money like she's living her best life and good for her as she should right Hi, Sue from DHS, California. What's going on? Hi, Claire. Hi, RMC. Hi, Holly. Hi, Aaron D. Living life. What's going on, everybody? All right. Are you ready to dive in to this Call Her Daddy interview? So Ariana opens up sitting down with Alex Cooper and Alex is like, listen, daddy gang, I know that you probably are are not fully aware of what's going on with with Vanderpump Rules. But let me recap it for you, because you know what? I am not Howie Mandel and Howie Mandel. She is not because she actually did her research and she actually watched the episodes as a good interviewer should. You know what I mean? So Ariana starts off by saying she's not a snooper because they get into the night that she found out about the affair. And so she's like, listen, I'm not a snooper, but, you know, 
I don't want to become that person because once you start snooping once, it's a slippery slope and you're likely going to start checking up on your partner because there's a lack of trust. And that's the real issue is there's a lack of trust. And that's what I hope, you know, we don't have is this relationship where we can't trust each other. So I, I agree. You know, she said that they knew each other's passcodes to their phones. So there wasn't really any reason to suspect anything because Tom very much seemed open to allowing her to check his phone at any point, which also shows that you know, he probably was either covering his tracks or was just being so sloppy that he didn't care and maybe wanted to get caught. But she said that initially she, they were at TomTom. He had a show. The show was over. So this was towards the end. And she ended up checking. She had his phone because as we've heard, it fell out on stage. Someone gave it to her. She was holding it, whatever. They were getting ready to wrap up for the night or to start to settle, wind down for the night after TomTom still at Tom Tom, so still in that Santa Monica, West Hollywood strip. And she said she opened his phone, checked his text messages, and didn't find anything. So she's like, okay, inclination that maybe there's nothing to actually, you know, find, right? And then she goes to his camera roll, and that's where she found the FaceTime. And I like that Alex Cooper's like, why aren't you guys saying that it's a FaceTime? Why aren't you guys saying that it's a naughty FaceTime? Is this a legality? Are you guys in trouble? Like, can you guys not say anything legally? And... Ariana's like, well, I don't know, but, and then Alex is like, well, I'm going to speculate that it was a naughty FaceTime, and Ariana's like, well, I'm not saying that you're wrong. So she confronted Tom behind Tom Tom, and she knew that this wasn't a one-time thing, right? The FaceTime, she's like, if you're FaceTiming it and you're leaving it on your phone, like, that's not because you just happen to be on FaceTime and you happen to want to record it. She's like, no, this is something that has been going on for a while. This was not a one-time fling. You felt comfortable doing this, and she was not happy about it. And he immediately wanted to get out of Tom Tom, and he didn't want people to know what was going on. So he ended up taking her phone. And she was like, I threatened to tweet about it in the moment. She's like, obviously, I wouldn't have tweeted about it, but that's why I took my phone. He took it from me so that I couldn't say anything to anybody, and I couldn't let anybody know what was going on because he wanted to settle it with us. Finally, she did get her phone back, and when she got her phone back and they were in their car, she ended up calling Raquel a.k.a. Rachel. And that's when there was the confrontation between Sheena and Raquel because she's talking to Raquel and she's like, what's going on? If you ever have been a friend to me, like you would tell me now. And then uh, our, uh, Raquel is trying to explain things to her and then Sheena walks out and Sheena finds out and Sheena's like, what? And Sheena's freaking out and then Sheena gets Raquel's phone and she throws it in the gutter and then calls Ariana back from her phone. And then it's the four of them all on one call together and they're popping off and it's Raquel and Ariana and Tom Sandoval and Sheena Shea and they're just all going back and forth and Tom's like, my friendship never meant anything to you. Yada, yada, yada. So then Ariana, now that she has her phone, she ends, up she ends up texting all of their mutual friends to let everybody know what went down so that way Tom couldn't spin it and tell his own version of the story or pitch his own narrative. She said that they were at it and they were going back and forth until six in the morning. And she says it was odd because he was mad at her and he was annoyed that she was trying to cause a scene at Tom Tom. But I'm like, that's kind of worthy of causing a scene. You you find out that your man's your man has this naughty FaceTime where he's jerking it with this girl that's pretending to be your friend. Yeah, you're gonna make a scene. She's like, I didn't care if people found out. I wanted people to know because at this point, I'm not actually you know I don't understand what's going on. So she said that he justified it as saying that they weren't having enough sex, but then she says that they didn't have the emotional connection and that you know he wasn't giving her what she needed. So how could he expect what he needed to? 
how could he expect to get what he needed? She said that the therapist said that the sex issue was more of his problem and an issue that Tom was dealing with and not that Ariana wasn't enough for him because that's how she was starting to feel. And she says that she has these insecurities often that she just feels inadequate. And so she started to take on this problem or at least the lack of sex as, you know, they were struggling, but it was because he needed to go out to find whatever he needed and she wasn't enough for him. And that's why he didn't want to stay home and spend time with her. But she's like, I needed to spend time with him and I needed to feel connected with him in order to have sex with him. But he was always just going out. He wanted something, but he wasn't willing to give in order to get. He wanted more sex, but he wasn't willing to give the emotional connection or the time. It seemed like he really wanted to go out and party and she wanted to just have more intimate one-on-one time. She said that she's evolved past having to party every single night. That, yeah, she likes to go out and, yeah, she likes to go to have fun. But she thought at some point that that sort of lifestyle would settle down and that he still wants that life nine years into their relationship when he's now pushing 40, which I think is valid. You know, you shouldn't like you shouldn't be in that same place wanting to go out and get hammered every single night if it's not a celebration or if it's not somebody's birthday. You know, Monday through Sunday is not the vibe. And she's like, I don't care to do that. I want to be at home. I want to cook dinner. I want to be connected and feel like we're in a relationship. And then she says when talking about cheating on Kristen, because that's what everyone likes to say, you lost him how you got him. And she's like, first of all, he lost me. I didn't lose him. She says that their relationships were very different, that Kristen and Tom were young and naive and that they were constantly cheating on each other and that they weren't committed to each other, whereas Tom and Ariana were absolutely committed. They had a home together. They were building a life together. There was a future with them together that they were headed towards. She said that she never would have bought a house with Tom had she known that it was just a Band-Aid, which is how he described it to Sheena in the finale. He told Sheena, oh, we got a house and that felt like a Band-Aid to kind of put on our relationship. Buying a house does not feel like a Band-Aid. Maybe getting a dog, which is a big responsibility, but maybe getting a dog is like a Band-Aid. Maybe trying a threesome is like a Band-Aid. Maybe, you know, exploring something new that you've wanted to try. Like there are other things to say are Band-Aids, not buying a house together but he told ariana um uh that he wanted to go to couples therapy and so she agreed and they were doing couples therapy and individual therapy but she's like by the time he even brought that into the conversation he was already having an affair with raquel so at that point he was already checked out of the relationship and we know that you know he told howie mandel that Going to therapy was his plan and his way of attempting to break up with her. I think he thought they would go to therapy, they would fall out of love, they would realize they weren't on the same page anymore and that they would go their own ways. But he told Ariana that he wanted to go to couples therapy to fix their relationship, which is not what he told Howie. He told Howie he wanted to end their relationship and that's why he went to therapy. But like, that's not why you go to couples therapy. You don't go to couples therapy to break up. You go to couples therapy to fight for your relationship. She even remembers one therapy in particular where the therapist asked them, like, are you guys breaking up? Because it seems like, you know, where this is headed, it seems like there may be a breakup coming if that's what you guys are choosing to do, if you've fallen out of in love with each other. And he said, no, that he's not breaking up with Ariana and he doesn't want to break up with Ariana. And she's like, that's literally what he said in this couple's therapy session while he was banging Raquel. So Ariana's issues were that he would rather go out instead of spending quality time with her, or he'd rather go to Schwartz's place instead of being home with her. And so he felt absentee. 
everything else came before her. The bar came before her. Friends came before her. Partying came before her. Doing mushrooms came before her, which is interesting considering Katie felt the same way about Schwartz because he was always choosing everything and everyone outside of her. And obviously we know that that's what ended up happening with their the demise of their marriage is that that was where Tom and Katie fell apart was with the focus on Schwartz and Sandy's. Ariana talks about the grief of losing her dog, Charlotte, and her grandmother. She says that Tom was very much there for her through Charlotte outside of filming Vanderpump Rules, which is interesting because we know when Charlotte died, that's when the affair with Raquel began. And so Tom was very much connected to Ariana, helping her grieve the loss of her dog while also engaging and starting up in this affair. Or maybe it wasn't an affair quite yet. Maybe it was just the hookup. And then that's where things started to get a little questionable. And he was by Ariana's side, you know, to help her grieve the loss of Charlotte. And then now, once that started to wear off, then he started to become closer to Raquel. It's unclear about the affair timeline. But Ariana says that when it came to her grandmother passing, that she was more focused on taking care of her family. So Tom was off doing his own thing. Her priority was making sure her mom was okay. And his priorities were who knows what else. She says that coming into this year, couples therapy really did help and that they seemed to be making some positive leeway. They were starting to have sex regularly again in January. So interesting that he kept the affair up when he was. So now he's sleeping with Raquel and he's sleeping with Ariana. So he's getting his rocks off double. He would buy her flowers. They would go to dinner to celebrate their nine-year anniversary. This was all in January. Then February, things changed, and he told her that he was having a midlife crisis and that they had a breakup conversation on Valentine's Day. But she says they were very heavily intoxicated, that she didn't think that that was like the breakup conversation because obviously there are a lot more things to discuss, right? We have dogs. We have a house. Like We have other things to kind of work out that you don't just have one drunken conversation on Valentine's Day and decide, all right, that's it. It's over. We're done. And she said that she told him, this is the clarification and the spin that he put on things, but she said that she told him that if they were to break up, then she'll probably quit the show, she'll leave Los Angeles, and she'll probably deactivate her social media. But she never said that she was going to harm herself physically in any way. She said that this life, this public reality TV show life, this life for her is over, not her life in general, but she's like, this life for me is over. I'm done with this life. If you leave me, I'm done. And so she said that she never said that she would physically harm herself. She makes that very clear. She said that this life of hers in the public would be done. She would go off the grid. She would give up all of the the fame and she would give up the show. And she just didn't seem like that's what she cared about. And that was her moment that was her priority is herself and not the show the show was more of his thing and remember he was on the show and when she started dating him she she was new to the show she joined the show and she always said she joined to be sheena's friend because she was sheena's friend and sheena needed a friend (sighs) so she said that uh if the relationship does end it would have to be him breaking things off and him leaving because she was not planning on leaving him again where this is where he says you're where remember he was like she said that she was going to end her life and she said that you know she wasn't going to leave me that she wasn't going to let him leave her and she's like no what I actually said was I'm not breaking up because I am committed and I'm willing to make this work because I'm all in we've been together for nine years we have a house together we're in couples therapy together we're having sex again we're connecting again I'm in and I'm committed. 
I've never been in a nine-year relationship, but I would imagine that things aren't always perfect and things aren't always smooth and you have to continue to work through these hurdles. She's like, people go through dry spells for like a year or people have bad years together. That doesn't mean that they're that one bad year is indicative of the relationship being over. It means that we have to figure out who we are again, figure out what we want, figure out what the next years of our lives are going to look like. She said that she didn't have any interest in being on Vanderpump Rules without Tom. And so that's why she said that life would be done for me. She said that in this breakup conversation, though, where it seemed like they were probably headed towards a breakup, she's like, it wasn't official or confirmed. And she also said, if our relationship is over, you're going to be the one that has to break up with me. I'm not breaking up with you. I'm not leaving you. You're going to be the one to leave me because I'm committed, right? Which makes sense because, and she's clarified, she's like, because a breakup doesn't always have to be mutual. Sometimes a breakup is one person leaving the other person. And she's like, and that's what he should have done. But he never mentioned the affair in this breakup conversation. He bought her flowers. He said that he bought her flowers because she deserved those flowers regardless. And it just is so twisted the way he spun all of this to make himself look good. And she says that she remembers later coming across a text message from Raquel that motivated Tom or that was Raquel trying to motivate Tom to tell Ariana about the affair. And she said, maybe not all the details like sleeping in the house together, but you know, it's time that you be honest with her. And then she said, you got this. Like a, you go girl. And I was like, really? You got this? Telling your girlfriend of nine years that you're leaving her and Raquel is encouraging this. It's time to tell her about the affair. Not all the details like sleeping together in the house. Mm. Okay, Raquel. Diabolical. Subhuman. She said that she thinks that Tom is the one that started the open relationship rumors and that he was starting to just plant a couple of seeds. Maybe he didn't tell people we have an open relationship, but I think he started to lay down some of the tracks that people could start to pick up on that and start to think that they had an open relationship and that Raquel was actually one of the first few people to start to circulate it. Um, and she said it to one of her, one of their mutual friends. And apparently she claimed that, or apparently, yeah, apparently she claims that she heard it from Tom. So it was, Wild, but it would make sense because we see Tom in this season start to lay down the track work of why things with Ariana were so horrible. She didn't buy pens and she didn't buy toilet paper and, you know, she didn't want to have sex with him. So he started to lay down that track to take us to the train that he hoped we would eventually lead to the train station he hoped he would eventually lead us to. But he was already having an affair. That's the other thing. He was already cheated. He was already out of the relationship. He was already not committed to this relationship. But Tom would literally take Raquel home to hang out with his family, and he would put her up in hotel rooms. And Ariana said that there are at least two other times that she's confident that he absolutely cheated on her, one being um, some chick from San Diego. But she also says that she does not believe that Billy Lee ever hooked up with Tom Sandoval. She does not believe those rumors. She says that she and Billy have talked about it, and she doesn't believe that Billy would ever do that to her. But she's like, and I know that sounds crazy because I wouldn't have believed Raquel would have ever done that to me. She's like, but I really believe Billy. And fine, I don't know if I would ever ever believe, like as juicy as it sounds, I don't know if I would ever believe that Billy and Tom would ever actually do anything. Or is she trying to cover it for Billy Lee? I don't know. I don't know. I have questions. But she thinks a lot more happened at Schwartz's apartment than Schwartz is leading on, which sucks because I think Schwartz 
really led her to believe that he was her friend. But then you watch this footage and you see Schwartz and Sandoval having these conversations about how awful of a girlfriend Ariana is. And you can see that like Schwartz was never on Ariana's side. He always had this loyalty to Tom and it's questionable what he knows and when he knew about it. She says that she fears that what he did, that what Tom Sandoval did to her by cheating on her and the affair itself, she said that that negates all the good parts that they had together. But it's hard because she still loves him. You know, the love just doesn't go away, even if there's this intense anger towards him. The love doesn't go away and it doesn't erase all of the good times, but she does feel like this experience has negated all of the bad times and that... um, it's hard because when you break up with somebody that you love so much, they're the person you want to go to in moments like this. They're the person you want to be by in moments like this. And she doesn't have him. And even though there are moments where she misses him and she misses their relationship, she also knows that she's not sure what parts of those were actually real. She talks about the scene from the finale of Tom and Raquel together. And she said that he filmed that with her. Then he came home back to their place yelled at everybody because he said that this was his house too and he knows that everybody hates him but like damn this is his house too and he can come in and out as he pleases and then that's when Kristen decided to take the initiative and to go up to him and say hey this is not okay I get it yes it is your house too but like you need to understand the semantics of this and you should probably leave and he decided all right fine I'm out and so he went back to Raquel's later that night and spent the night with her which is just wild but I'm glad Kristen put him in his place and kicked him out. Or not kicked him out, but it was like, yo, dude, you should leave. And then as far as Raquel's apology, it was just a text message. Remember, she's like, I text her, and she just never responded. That's what she told TMZ outside of the nail shop before the reunion. But Ariana's like, it was barely even an apology. She said, I don't know what to say other than I'm sorry. As if, you know, she got drunk the night before and said something stupid. No, you banged my man for seven months and lied to me in my face and was trying to talk to me about my relationship and why I should leave Tom. She said that they had a whole plan that they had to lay out the groundwork on the show and how terrible about how terrible their relationship was on camera, unbeknownst to her. She's like, I didn't know that our relationship was this terrible and he was sharing it with everybody but me. And then the breakup, you know, and then they... The plan was to um, break up him and Ariana and then make it look like he and Raquel just fell in love afterwards, which was always kind of my speculation. I always thought that, like, it was going to be a bombshell revelation at the reunion that they had broken up. And then the next season would focus on Raquel and I fell in love. And it was not when I was with Ariana. We just had this connection. It was so awesome that we had this connection. and We just vibed, you know, we just vibed. And she thinks that Schwartz was way more complicit than he's leading on. She claims that during that Watch What Happens Live interview where the Toms were on with Andy Cohen, remember Schwartz kind of kept looking to Sandoval for validation and for like clarification on what to say and how to answer certain questions that Andy was asking. Um, Apparently Raquel was with them and Raquel was in Tom Sandoval's hotel room while they were filming that, which is also just wild. And Tom would have to pay, would have other people pay for things up front to cover his tracks, and he would then later Venmo them back. So he'd be like, hey, can you pay for this hotel room? Can you pay for this flight? Can you pay for this for Raquel? And other people would do it, and then he would just send them the money, and then it would look like, oh, I was sending them the money for this or for that. But it wasn't like, oh, I booked an extra hotel room at this hotel for who? Oh, for Raquel? So he was trying to cover his tracks. He was trying to be aware. He was aware of what he was doing. 
She said that at the reunion, Tom fumbles on his words a lot and that it felt good to not have any pressure of defending him because she always had to defend him or explain things for him. And she, you know, would just feel like he wasn't good at articulating himself very well sometimes. And so she would have to step in and be like, no, this is what it means. This is what he means. This is what he's trying to say. And now she doesn't have to do that because now they're donezos. And then with Raquel at the reunion, she says that she's painful to watch because she really doesn't understand the gravity of it all, which I get. I think Raquel's like, we fell in love. And it was like some of the best sex of my life. Like she says that in the confessional, in the finale. Like it's just, it's all so twisted. It really is. But she said, yeah, Raquel's painful to watch at the reunion, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, She claims that she found closure before the reunion that Tom slammed their door shut on their relationship. And like there, she's like, I already got my closure that I didn't need to see them. I didn't need to speak to them. She doesn't really speak to them at the reunion. She kind of just gives them a cold shoulder and really just talks to Lisa and Andy and doesn't have much direct communication with them at all. As far as the reunion, the big revelation that comes at the reunion, she says that she thinks she knows what it is, but she's not entirely sure. But there wouldn't be that much that would make the cast not want to return next season unless it was like their physical safety that was like being jeopardized. She's like, I don't think there's really anything that big that we would need to know about that like we don't already know about that would prevent us from coming back. She says that she thinks she knows what it is, but that she doesn't think it's as bad as people are making it out to be. And then she says that she goes really hard at the reunion and she also talks about her new guy and she says that she isn't calling him her boyfriend yet. They're taking things really slow. He sounds like a rebound to me. And listen, sometimes you need a good rebound. And Alex Cooper is like, yeah, have fun right now. But she said that he's just a guy that she met recently at a wedding that makes her feel really good. He lives in New York, so it's kind of long distance. And they're all they're taking it one step at a time. But that for the most part, she is enjoying this and she's taking it really slow, but you know, good for her. Good for her. Dun, 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 dun. And that is her interview in under, it was a two hour interview that I broke down in 20 minutes. There you go. July 26th, I'm going to be in New York City at City Winery. So get your tickets. They're selling fast. We don't have VIP tickets to this show, but we do have meet and greet packages. So you can get your seats We have the stage premiere, which are really just up close stage tickets. And then we have regular tickets, which are tickets like closer into the back, um, both available at nofilterlive.com. And we have meet and greet packages that you can purchase for the New York show. So you can go to nofilterlive.com, get your tickets to NYC on July 26th, and then get your tickets to LA at the Bourbon Room in Hollywood with Lala Kent on June 15th, which is my 30th birthday. So there you go. June 15th. Urban Room in Hollywood, July 26th, City Winery, NYC. Get your tickets at nofilterlive.com. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Hit the like button on your way out. Show the podcast some love. And I love you. Okay.